1: It is 3 o'clock on a Wednesday, a week late, but we're thrilled to have Dr. Gans Ferencz join us back in the studio this Wednesday for... How does that make you feel? Hey, Dr. Gans.
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: Well, good.
0: Excellent. Things you, are good. You caused us a little stress already today. Uh-oh. It was uh, 3 o'clock. You weren't here. <laughs> I started to feel... Uh, I said to uh, I He's said like, to oh, Jay I'm going like, to have to come I, up
1: with something else to <laughs> yeah, talk like, about are we missing
0: a psychologist or and then you came around the corner <laughs> yeah, so well, there you go
1: alright oh, stress 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 I think a lot of people have an idea what it may be but uh-huh. how would you describe that
2: so yeah I mean, we, we, we tend to think of stress as something <laughs> stressing me out like you know the kid's fighting in the back seat or, you know, too many bills coming in at the same time or the spouse or whatever. Right. But really what stress actually is, is it's your body's physiological response to change. So, that's basically what the actual definition is. So, when things change, we get stirred up. We have a a sense of something being different. And that's actually stress. So, stress can be good. I mean, without stress, without change, life would be really boring. And it'd be, you know, we wouldn't get a lot of uh, personal growth Mm -hmm. or anything else would happen, no, no challenge. But when you have change or challenge without break, when it keeps coming at you or when it's too much at one time, or whatever it can be overwhelming and then it becomes kind of negative stress right or distress and that's that that can be Hmm. a real problem so what's the difference between stress and fear then well okay so fear fear is kind of your body's or your mind's um what would i call it it, it's assigning it's assigning a certain meaning to what you're feeling, and some some of some of the uh, natural response like fear, like if, you know if you hear a growl or whatever something behind you, your body goes into a fight or flight response. That would be stressful, and, and that is like an unconscious, like automatic uh, response, and that that would be fear. But then there's a lot of other types of fear that we do for ourselves, like. Uh, one person called the misuse of imagination which is worry okay <laughs> like what if or if this happens then that happens right and so you can you can actually give yourself fear or give yourself stress so the, the 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 triggers can be from the environment like the growl that's behind you or it can be from your mind like a thought you have or or you know like well i saw this person and they looked stressed out and so maybe i should be stressed out or whatever or it can actually come from your body it can be a physiological like an internal physiological signal, like an upset stomach or the butterflies, or if you ate something that's wrong, or you have a hard time breathing, you know, a lot of times your mind will make something more of that, and then we add a whole bunch of other layers hmm. to the stress and anxiety that we already had.
1: I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that you said it's a reaction to change. Yes. I, to me, it's, well, no, I, that's not when my boss stresses me out. <laughs> is that change? Well, is that a reaction? It? Well, no. Because sometimes your bosses have stressed you out just from being jerks.
0: Yeah, but either we're not well, either we're not defining stress properly, mm-hmm. or we're not defining change
2: properly. Mm-hmm. It has to be one or the other. Right. right? Well, well, you think about it. Right. If you expect your boss to act in a certain way, and you go in and, and he or she is is doing something weird, they're acting yeah. like a jerk. It's different. It's change, and it's changing. It's changing. Either what you expected to happen or what you expected to go ha- to happen going forward, right? So it's it's even like pre-change, right or, or change coming coming reaction to later. maybe
1: what you expect
2: right exactly. Okay. So yeah. then fear worry yeah. fear worry concern
0: okay. imagination all cause stress or stress causes all of those things.
2: well there's a there's a there's a feedback situation with both of them so you can so they build they, on each yeah other. exactly it's a, it's a positive feedback loop so uh, okay so a great example okay and I, I may have told this story a while back so forgive me if you heard it already so my first exam at university was a physics exam all right i love physics it's it's Enjoyable to me to read physics. It's to study physics. This was an easy exam, and so I went and uh, I, I was prepared for the exam. I was I was ready to go. I walked up to the lecture theater. Now this is my first year at U of A. My high school was very small, so I had like maybe three two hundred and fifty students in my high school. Um, this this lecture theater, which was one section of my physics class, was five hundred and fifty people. Mm. Okay, so it's bigger already first test at university so I'm a little little on edge but you know I figure okay I'm good I studied I'm ready right took showed up early like they said to do I see everybody else panicking I see everybody else studying and they're worried and they're saying oh my goodness this is so hard did you get this what what about this and (laughs) right and I'm saying well okay but I'm I'm not worried I'm okay but maybe you should be exactly right that's exactly what the thought that occurred to me is like oh wait a second well, maybe I studied the wrong stuff. Everybody else seems panicked. How come I'm not panicked? oh, no, I'm not panicked. Maybe I should be panicked, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and so the thought and the imagination hmm. started to create some panic for me, right? And so then what happened was I started to sweat. And I, I mean, I sweating talking about it now, even so many years later. I started to like, breathe more deep or more shallowly, right? I started to worry. And I started to say, well, you know, maybe I really studied the wrong stuff because this was really easy for me. So clearly I didn't study the right stuff because everybody else is stressed out and it shouldn't be this easy, blah, blah, blah. I show up in the test. They give you the little booklet with just the white... Of paper so you can answer. I thought that was a test, and it's got all this, you know, fine print on it and the big official university seal. I'm freaking out now. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, what is this? And I'm reading about what happens if you plagiarize or if you're caught cheating. You're going to be bagging groceries or whatever. It's like this this terrible thing, right? And so by the time they actually gave me the test, it I was I was like I was done, right? So it was four questions. I, fi- I did what I could. I answered the four questions. I handed in the test. I left, right? I checked the marks a couple days later. I failed the test. I got 25%. Okay? Oh. And when I looked at the test, <laughs> I didn't get one of the four questions right. I got part marks because the teacher was generous, and so I got 25%. I had to drop the class, right? The interesting thing is later... On the bus, I was riding home, and I reached my hand in my pocket, and I, there's a piece of paper in there. I pulled it out. It was the four questions from the test. So on the bus, no prep, no calculator, no study, no nothing. Hmm. Three, four minutes, I answered all four questions 100%. Hmm. Right? So I knew the information, but stress took me out. And you know, so th- my mind, in that sense, took me out. And then once I started having physical responses to my mind then my I, I, my mind started making stuff up about the physical responses then it just took the snowball and just yeah. just took me right out and that's See, that's interesting
0: because most things am i not correct that mm-hmm. your mind does or your body does uh-huh. even those things that are painful serve a positive purpose because they're telling you something i mean as simple as i feel pain mm-hmm. in my stomach i'm hungry mm-hmm. we'll eat Right. You know, I mean, the, the, the body's pretty smart. The mind's pretty bright. It, it gives you indicators
2: of what you should do. What's the positive side of stress? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge that assertion for a little bit here, Andrew, okay. because I think two of our three brains are pretty bright, okay? So I'll explain that. So, like, uh, we have basically three brains. We have a reptile brain, which is kind of like the brain stem. That's the middle brain that we have. Excuse me. So that we share with the alligators and the snakes and everybody else, right? That keeps our heart beating, keeps us breathing, doing all that other stuff. That part's pretty smart, right? Because it, it, it keeps our body alive. We then have a mammalian brain on top of that, and that we share with the wolves and the cats and everything else, right? That's also pretty smart in that it keeps us alive, it helps us bond, it helps us you know, seek food and different things like that. Gives us a sense of belonging to the herd and, and that sort of thing. Then we have the human brain. In lots of ways, the human brain is really smart because that's where, that's where we have our logic, we have our uh, sense of right and wrong, our sense of, um, sort of the behavioral break, so to speak, so it stops us from doing really stupid things. Oh, I think I'm missing that one. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us can be missing that part sometimes. But, um, you know, but it also also sometimes overrides the other parts of the brain. So in some ways it's kind of dumb because there are parts of our brains that will want to help us to... um, move forward or do certain things, but then other parts, yeah, but you know, remember this or this happened in the past or what if this happens, right? Sheep and dogs and wolves don't worry about that stuff. (laughs) They just kind of do their thing, right?
0: So that's the part of the brain that talks you into jumping off a roof into a
2: swimming pool. The the human brain. Right. Yeah, right. Even though you know it's a dumb idea. (laughs) Right, right, right. And all your instincts are telling you not to. Right. Right. So so there's no real angst that the other animals have. They don't Mm -hmm. sit there and think about what might happen if or remember that time that that happened. Mm. They don't have that. We do have that, and that's what gets us in trouble.
1: Hmm. I think stress in uh, a lot of folks manifests itself in different mm-hmm. ways, and it's you know those the the physical impacts of stress. I'm notoriously down my left shoulder down the back yeah. of my neck, like a rope down underneath my shoulder blade. That's always I know that that's when I'm stressed out or you know. Mm-hmm. It can show up in a lot of different ways, and I don't suspect that some people realize. I think if we have the headaches, or you're irritable, or mm-hmm. maybe you have that muscle ache in your neck. But there's some other one, pretty serious ones as well. You talk about uh, impacts on your on your sex drive mm-hmm. and on whether how much you want to eat, drink, mm-hmm. chest pains. Mm-hmm. Is that fair?
2: There's tons. There's tons of. Uh symptoms or signs that people have physically emotionally behaviorally that a lot of times we don't just we just don't associate with stress but yeah sometimes people don't even associate that physical neck pain or mm-hmm. whatever with stress but you know uh, th- what I tend to tell people is if your body or your behavior or your thinking is off in some way, then you probably want to look at your stress level and see what's going on there. Right? Why
1: is blood pressure always on that list? Like, <laughs> and I went to the doctor and he's, okay, your blood pressure is really high. Are you mm-hmm. stressed? Right.
2: Uh, okay. So blood pressure, because one of the first things that happens when we're threatened, okay, and stress, stress is kind of like a response to like, um, if if it, it's it, in your body's case, it seems, sounds like it's, it feels like it's threatened in some way, right? So, uh, it can make your heart pump harder and faster, constrict your blood vessels, and all this other stuff. It has to do with the fight or flight response. Okay. The fight or flight response. This goes back to the smart brains versus the dumb brains. the The fight or flight response is part of the ancient brain system. That's the the reptile brain and the mammal brain. It's job is to keep you alive to the next moment, okay? So, in, if a lion is trying to eat me, I don't need to reproduce. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do higher functioning math. I don't (laughs) need to, you understand what I'm saying? I don't need to be creative, I don't need to be able to manipulate fine objects with my fingers, I need to put all the blood and control to the big muscles so I can run away or I can fight this thing Hmm. off, right? the problem is that in our current well i can't remember the last time something was trying to eat me right (laughs) but i have felt stress and so the fight or flight response still happens but there's no there's no resolution like if 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 the lion's trying to eat me or the bear or whatever and i get away i'll go somewhere quiet and i'll shake and i'll twitch and i'll do some other stuff my body will reset then i'm good but when there's no focused attack and there's no clear resolution that system just keeps running. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Does it yeah.
1: keep running even when you're asleep?
2: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, because your body doesn't know that it's done. There's no there's no resolution to it. So, and the other part of it is the stress is cumulative, right? So it adds up over time. So you know it, it might not be something's trying to eat you. It might not be that that dramatic, but it can be you know a near miss when you're walking across the street, or it can be a fight with the spouse, or your bank account's low and you got to pay the bill, mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. And that just kind of if there's no if there's no way to do something with it, it just okay into the bucket it goes, right? And then you throw throw some more stuff in the bucket and there's more stuff in the bucket the more full the bucket gets the less Resilient you become, the less the less uh, healthy you are at handling stress, but also less creative you are, the less ability you have to give and receive love, the less uh, ability to cre- to feel joy or you know uh, any of those things. Right. So really, it's all about managing stress then. Yeah it's 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 about it's about understanding the process. Yeah. So you know that it doesn't just go away because you go to sleep. Well, right?
0: I want to understand the process mm-hmm. because I have a question for you. Maybe we'll take the break and you can mm-hmm. answer the question. But here's my question i could and i mean this sincerely Mm -hmm. i could leave this conversation today and get fired Mm -hmm. i could lose my job today and place a lot of things in jeopardy Mm -hmm. i could leave this building and go to my car go to light a cigarette and drop the lighter between the seats and not be able to get it i'll tell you right now i'm way more stressed out about trying to find where Mm -hmm. that darn lighter went than i would be about this Mm -hmm. and it's a much bigger thing but i know it's going to work out Mm -hmm. i i know that i'm going to be able to work it out I'll get another job. I'll do more comedy. There's a lot of solutions. Mm -hmm. But there's no solution to finding the lighter if I keep (laughs) reaching for it. So I want to know why some people get stressed about little things and not big things. Absolutely. Great question.
1: And Andrew, just before the break, wanted to ask the doctor about why some people really sweat the small stuff—not the big stuff, but the small stuff. Gans?
2: Yeah, and, and so you know, the the answer is this is this is the other advantage of the human brain. The human part of the brain is you know that you, you have confidence in your ability to create more, whatever, work, money, job, whatever it is, right? Yep. And so, you, you know, you've probably done that a bunch of times, probably been successful, so you got a track record, you feel confident in that. So that's not a, like, you know, obviously it's, a, it's higher consequences, but your sense of risk in that situation is not huge, right? Because you know you're confident in that. Whereas finding the lighter is a more immediate stress because, geez, I'm out here because I want a cigarette right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like that now the lighter's gone. I can't reach it. Ah, crap. Ah, right? And it, you know, and some of it may be, you know, uh, sometimes we practice freaking out about little things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so that, that, the more we practice something, the easier it is for our brain to go down that pathway. And so that's another reason why sometimes it's these little things that blow us out of the water, whereas the bigger things we just either know about, you know, we know we can handle them, or another alternative is when it's some because sometimes you see people who've gone through just horrific things and they look like they're functioning quite fine. That is a whole nother system. That's that's almost like a state of shock that happens with some people. Because once the stress gets so high, sometimes we actually dissociate from what we're experiencing. So we mm. don't we no longer feel it. But our body, the the, the so stress, so we're not managing reaction. stress, we're disassociating ourselves. Right, right. right. Sometimes, right? Because yeah. this is this is this is the, the tricky part with how our body is set up because a lot of times people say, well, you know, if you expose somebody to stress over and over and over, they just get better at handling it. They get better at handling it externally. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they look better at handling it. But the stress reaction in the physiology continues to go, even though we're less aware of it. And so mm-hmm. on the outside we can look quite calm, but internally you we're actually getting ramped up. You put that situation, um, you, you stretch that situation out. Over time, you get chronic issues like high blood pressure, like heart disease, like diabetes, like cancer, like different things like that, right? So this is why people in the helping profession, especially first responders or people in combat or whatever, are at such high stress or at such high risk because they can still function. But huh. they are still, they're paying, their bodies are paying the price even if they don't, they're not aware of it at the time.
1: And so... I, I'm just thinking of a friend of mine who mm-hmm. went through just a, a horrific, horrific situation a couple of years ago, almost died, mm-hmm. but seems to be doing really, really well, mm-hmm. like incredibly, incredibly well, where I think, I, I think that I, a lot of folks would just be a bag of hammers. Like mm-hmm. you just wouldn't be able to do it or some people just wired differently to be better able to handle it. Um, or some, do they have different coping mecha- mechanisms? Yeah,
2: like, well, th- so there are a couple things functioning there, I think. One is a lot depends on how much, let's say, stress is preloaded in the system before the big thing shows up. Mm, okay. do, do you know what I mean? So some of us, w- we all have a certain size bucket, let's say. Um, and then some of us have more stuff already in the bucket, or a small and/or a smaller bucket to begin with, right? So then those people will have less capacity if something big comes in. If you got a big bucket, and that's you know the bucket is just how your nervous system's set up, and you've got less in it, then obviously there's more room to put other stuff, and so you still have a bit of a buffer. But on the other hand. People do have different, either they learn different coping strategies from, you know, how they grew up, their families, different things. Just like, just like we can learn to stress out or be depressed, we can also learn to, to manage stress or to be happy or to have a positive outlook on life. Well, that's, I'm sure, what we're going to talk about in this next half hour mm, is how to
0: handle stress. Absolutely. Um, you can buy insurance against stress, of course. If I don't want to lose my lighter between the seats, I can always have an, a spare. That's right. In my glove compartment, right? That's so right. it's like buying
2: insurance against mm-hmm. that stressful situation. Mm-hmm. You, always, you, you can always you can always build in other things that will help you manage that stress. Hmm. Now, and and but you can also learn. Like I was saying, you can also learn coping strategies. One of the coping strategies myself and my family is we see a psychologist on a regular Uh basis. We have set ourselves up to do that. Well, I've seen somebody for the last 27 years, right? Um, My wife as well, right? And then we also see somebody together for our relationship. We've introduced our kids to our psychologist so they they know when they're comfortable talking to them. It's not waiting until there's a problem. No, don't wait for it. (laughs) Why would I wait? (laughs) Why bleed from the eyes if you don't need to? Uh, So, you know, those are some of the things I set up. But, you know. Another thing is exercise, Mm -hmm. or there's there's all sorts of different things we can do that will help us manage stress. So your friend may have learned through his or her family, through experiences, maybe they took some courses, figuring ways to manage their yeah. stress. It's quite possible they've talked to somebody after their big event or yeah. different things like that, or they may be doing it ongoing. Yeah. Right? It's,
1: it's been fascinating to watch. Mm. Actually, it's been uh, it's been remarkable, uh, remarkable to watch because I don't think that most people would right. would would climb their way out of it. To be honest with you, it's three twenty nine. We'll take a break here. Eileen Bell has a three thirty news. More with Dr. Gans. We'll find out some more tips on how to cope with stress right after this. How does that make you feel? It is Wednesday on the six thirty chat afternoon news, Jaylan, Andrew, Doctor Gans, Ferrans, joining us in studio. We're talking stress. And
0: by the way, I know whenever you're in mm-hmm. Gans, uh, people afterwards text and say, "Where can they hear this <laughs> conversation?" So it's become a feature of our. Well,
1: guess what? Yeah,
0: we've we've made it a feature of our face or our, our, our uh, website page. So if you go to six thirty chat.com now how do they find it? They go to our go show, to our show page, yeah, mm-hmm. and so you'll see F- all F- the conversations F- that we have with you. So right on.
2: It, they're very popular. Right on. Well, good. I'm glad to hear. I hope that reduces your stress. That a lot. does because <laughs> <laughs> it's good information. I hope lots of people get a hold of it. So yep, awesome. it still,
0: still doesn't pay any more than it did before. So, you know, just want get that, that out there.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked, we were talking about some of the symptoms and some of the, the ways that stress can, can manifest itself. Mm. And there's the ones that we all know about, um, you know, eating drinking eating too much maybe not eating at all mm-hmm. always someone always jokes you oh, know when you get divorced it's the best way to lose 30 pounds well, yeah or put 30 pounds <laughs> yeah, or 40 right. pounds on yeah, exactly. depending on how it that is. person is yeah. but it can get worse oh, yeah. it, those things can get much worse and we know like yeah. stress heart attacks yeah. death mm-hmm. um and and you know skin conditions even well,
2: let, let, me, let me read a few of the the um symptoms to you so yeah it's like upset stomach headaches elevated blood pressure chest pains trouble sleeping we know about those right but frequent colds and flus and just like infections that don't heal mm-hmm. that's that's one that people don't always think about but what happens is your your body is running on adrenaline and adrenaline is sort of keeping your uh, immune system pumping and um, after a while it gets exhausted and so then when you pick up a cold or an infection or whatever it takes forever to heal or what happened to me when I was going through some chronic stress is every time I would have a little bit of a break, like a long weekend, I'd get like bronchitis or something, mm, right? It's really? Like, oh yeah, yeah, just really, really. So down- right, as soon as you had some down. Right, because as soon as you had some downtime, there was no adrenaline to kind of keep the the whatever was left of my immune system mm-hmm. functioning, and so whatever was in the air was just it was mine now, right? With with interest, <laughs> so you know, um, so that's that's one that a lot of people don't associate with stress. But if you have, if you find yourself getting sick a lot or having a hard time healing. You're probably, your body's probably chronically stressed. I mean, one of the issues is, and this is again going back to the human brain, is that we habituate, okay? We get used to certain conditions. What makes it worse is right now, in this time in history, there is way more stress, way more environmental stress that we have to deal with in terms of information coming at us, things we don't like to hear or see, or, you know, the news showing up on our phones all the time or whatever it is, than you had to deal with 50 years ago, mm-hmm. right? Or 100 years ago or 200 years ago, right? So so the fact is, okay, I look around, everybody's in the same level of stress as I am, so maybe I'm just normal. And, you know, and it is normal in terms of average, but it's not healthy or normal in terms of how my body's set up or my physiology and so my physiology is paying the price but I don't know about it because I just think it's just the same mm-hmm. as everybody else hmm. so you know this is one of the reasons why I think it's good to talk about this stuff but things like your mind doesn't settle down hard, hard to just kind of quieten your mind uh, nervousness cold sweat um, dry mouth dif- difficulty swallowing. Sometimes people wake up with headaches or like their jaw hurts or their teeth are grinding. Those are, those are um, examples <laughs> of stress, hmm. right? Uh, hmm. <laughs> Reminded me of having to
1: make that appointment with the <laughs> <Yeah>. dentist.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, changes in appetite. I, I have clients that sometimes will tell, you know, geez, I, I realized I forgot to go to the bathroom today. You know what I mean? They might have to go to the bathroom in the morning and Mm -hmm. they forget about it, right? Because they're too, whatever, focused in on, and, and they think they're focused in on work or whatever it is. But when you're not listening to what your body is telling you, that's a really big sign of typically chronic stress, right? Something that's been there for a while. So you forget to go to the bathroom, forget to eat, forget to do whatever okay your mind gets foggy you make bad decisions of course we try to self-medicate with alcohol and drugs or sex or gambling or whatever just to make us feel better shopping right um, so yeah it can it can be quite um, quite intrusive when you have stress and in terms of physical stuff like 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 health things, Stress will go will attack whatever is the weakest link for you. Okay, so if you got arthritis, it'll make the arthritis worse. If you got high blood pressure, it'll make that worse. If you got diabetes, it'll make that worse. Whatever it is, whatever your weakest link is, it's going to make that thing show up more. Hmm. So yeah, we, I think it's such an important thing that um, that we be aware of this so that we avoid bigger problems like you were saying, Jalen. Hmm. Before they turn into something major,
0: so my guess would be that you would not advocate drug,
2: sex, or alcohol as management tools. For not stress. as management tools, no, no. So um, what,
0: what? are the management tools then? So
2: you know, so I I, I go with like sort of a four prong, actually a five prong approach, right? The most basic thing that we need to do when we're the, in order to manage stress and really, it's difficult once we get into the stress. System so stress cycle. So you really want to do this on an ongoing basis if you can. So these things all work to manage stress, but really more to avoid stress before it becomes a problem. Okay. So sleeping is number one. That's the biggest thing. That's the foundation of all other th- stuff. If you can get well, they used to say eight hours, and then they said eight hours and fifteen minutes. Now I'm hearing nine hours is really what. Is really optimal can for I, can people Can I stop you there for a second? Yeah. Does it matter when the nine hours are? Well, you mean like in a row, or what time of day? Yeah, like can I do it from three o'clock in the morning until noon? You can. Uh, typically, your body kind of works better in the dark, and I know that's hard for us here in Alberta, especially in the summertime, because it's never dark really, <laughs> yeah. right? But uh, typically, you get better. You get more restful sleep in a dark, cool environment. So if you can block out the light in your space, then it really doesn't matter as long as you can kind of stay with that rhythm. I don't think it matters when right or it matters less when but if you can get that amount of sleep, that's the first thing. And consecutively. Consecutively is best if you can, but you know sometimes you got to go up and get up and go to the bathroom a couple times or whatever it might be, right? But
1: stress can cause you to not sleep. Exactly.
2: Exactly, and this is why I was saying and you, you want to do this on, on, sleep
1: a, and pills on a regular and
2: stuff. basis beforehand. So I'll tell I'll tell you what the the okay. five things are, and I'll tell you how they work together. So there's there's sleep, then there's exercise. You know exercise is so so important because when you exercise you're forcing blood throughout your body you're oxygenating your cells especially your brain you're changing your mood you're releasing endorphins you're building your immune system all of this other stuff exercise also helps you sleep especially if you're doing stuff like That's weights right. okay as long as you're not overtraining, it's going to help you to sleep so now you got your sleep and your exercise next thing is eating regularly okay so eating well is important like the right stuff but then eating regularly is also important okay at least three times okay so when you go with big gaps in your eating schedule what happens is your blood sugar gets low and so you substitute it with coffee or what? high carbs or nicotine well, that's or that's crazy talk <laughs> and <laughs> then what you get is a spike and then you get a big drop after right and so the body it, it actually when you when you miss Meals it actually puts the body in sort of low-level fight or flight, so you're actually making it worse. The opposite is also true. If you can eat about every three hours, put some nutrition in, have some protein, drink lots of water, keep yourself hydrated, your body then, it, it, it has a soothing effect to the body, and it helps everything to calm down. Plus, it keeps your... Um, blood sugar level kind of stabilized, right? And so you 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 just feel better. That also helps you sleep because it helps your body to feel calm, and then you're getting exercise, mm-hmm. so you have enough nutrition and fuel to run the exercise, and then you get to sleep more, which f- replenishes everything. Your, your body can't heal or replenish this brain chemistry unless you're sleeping, okay? Then mindset. Mindset is really important. And we we're talking about that off mic mm-hmm. a little bit about, you know, the what you believe, right? Whether it's, whether it's uh, around spirituality or that, you know, stuff happens to people. Why should I be any different? Or poor me, how come everything happens to me? Makes a big difference about how you're going to experience what you're experiencing, right? So mindset's very important. And if you have a positive mindset... And do things to support that yoga, you know, Uh go to your spiritual where you find your spiritual um, fuel, that sort of thing really helps. And then, you know, the fifth one is you don't have to do it alone. This is the thing. I mean, and I mentioned Uh before that I've been in therapy forever. Um, I really think this is something that people should be exposed to probably in elementary or junior high. So get everybody off of this whole stigma train around this and help people to to know that they don't have to do it. Because it's kind of like... <clears throat> rescuing yourself from drowning, okay? It's hard to pull yourself out of the water if you're in the middle of it, okay? But if you have somebody who knows what they're doing, who's, you know, has the high ground, is on something solid, it's very easy for them to pull you out or reach a stick to you or whatever to give you some help. And that's what we need. Like, one of the things that my therapist does for me is he, well, I got a couple of them that I use, Well, and they, they will hold that space. They will let me know, yeah, no, yeah this sucks right now and it's really intense i get it and i know that you're going to get through it mm-hmm. so i can actually hear the calm in their voices and see it so i was like oh okay well if they're not that stressed maybe i don't have to be that stressed right they're that person on that solid ground that's holding out the you know the, the little hook so that i can hold on to them I'm, okay maybe i'm not going to drown after all right and this is something my team and i do all the time this is this is it's stress and depression and anxiety are like the common cold mm-hmm. in this whole psychological well-being, this mental health field, right? This, this is the mm-hmm. number one thing. Right? I can definitely
0: see that, because i tell you what, I'm not trying to be funny here. Sure. I have known you for, what, a couple of years now, probably? Yeah. 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 You've never said anything yeah. that shocked... I've never said anything to you that seemed to have shocked you. <laughs> and I'm not talking about on-air conversations, right. but, you know... No,
1: yeah, we, we talk say, about a lot of stuff we, off the air. Yeah,
0: we say some mm-hmm. crazy stuff. Not that crazy to me. But it isn't crazy to you, (laughs) and it does have a calming effect to have somebody just sort of kind of validate that that's Mm -hmm. cool that Mm -hmm. you think that way or did that Mm -hmm. or... Whatever I, I don't want to compare it to confession, but it's kind of like that. Like it's just it gets it off your soul, mm-hmm. you know, off your mind, and you go, all right. Well, he didn't freak out about that, and he's <laughs> going to be here next month. And <laughs> he's he's coming back.
1: I love the concept though of of holding space yeah. for someone, and you're we're seeing that in a lot more different mm-hmm. fields now. I know certainly people who are like even like death doulas yeah, yeah, and, and exactly. sp- that sort of stuff, holding yep. space and, yep. and allowing the family to do what they have to do. Yep. And and I'm not sure if a lot of people know what that means, okay. what what holding space means for, for someone.
2: Okay, so I'll give you an example. Um, if you're a new parent, for example, okay, and... Uh, the kid is cranky, mm-hmm. so they're crying, and you're trying to figure out what to do, and just, you're holding the kid, and you're rocking, and you're shaking, you're walking around, oh, what's going on? And your mind, that other part, that human part of your brain is going on, oh my goodness, I'm a bad mom, or my, mm-hmm. I'm a bad dad, and I, how come everybody else can do it, and I can't do it? The baby is actually feeling your tension yeah. and feeling your stress, okay? And the more they cry, the more you feel stressed, the more you feel stressed, the more they pick up on that, the more they cry because they don't know what's going on, they just know that something's off, Okay. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, older aunt, somebody comes in, uh, can I try and let me just hold that person? They've got a different energy to them, right? They hold the baby. (sighs) Ah. Mm-hmm. The baby just relaxed, almost melts into them, right? And you're like, what, what the hell just happened? Yeah. <laughs> How did that happen? But they know. They know that it's no big deal. They don't have the same sort of investment. They've been through it. They're calm. And just having that person around, that baby feels it. Okay? Mm-hmm. We all have that. We all have that part of our nervous system. That is the mammalian and the reptile nervous system that that's responding to. Okay, So it's responding to the energy of the person in that space. So when you have somebody, it, it's it, another example is like the little baby right, or the toddler. Now they want to go and explore. That's a natural want, thing that they want to do. But they're scared. They're in a new environment, so they look around, and then they maybe venture out, do some stuff. Then they come back and hold uh-huh. on to mom. And then they look around some more. They go out and just hang out for a bit more. Then they come back and hold on to mom or dad. right? And so mom or dad is holding that space of, no, it's okay. Uh-huh. It's safe. I'm here for you you can always come back and check in. Yeah. So holding that space really is, is bringing a certain amount of, uh, a, a, certain, a certain calm, a certain energy that helps the other person feel at ease and soothed. Yeah,
1: right? seeing that again, I'm seeing and reading a lot more about it mm-hmm. when it comes to certainly palliative care. Oh, absolutely. And with terminally ill. Yeah. Uh, 348 Dr. Gantz joining us in studio. We'll take another quick break here. Final thoughts. Oh my gosh, this hour Already. flies by. Always, always, always right after this. Uh, 3.52, we're coming up to the 4 o'clock news on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. It's Jaylin, Andrew, Dr. Gans joining us in studio this afternoon. Dr. Gans parents, you can always find everything that we've talked about on the website 630 chedcom C- click on the afternoon news link mm. and month by month it is listed yeah. which topic, oh, topic is very, there topics everything awesome yeah. Yeah. good and, and sometimes
0: web- go back and listen to them they're really good yeah. sometimes when you're in the conversation
2: you miss it part misses. of the yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: absolutely and the website
2: yes drgans.com there you go spelled dr dr, Gans. dr. Spelled out
1: yes yeah. drgans.com now I, I don't know where to go here. I have a couple of well, ideas.
0: Okay. I, I mean, you gave the five points about yeah. and they're pretty straightforward as to you know how you can help decrease. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about as well, these are managing skills, but mm-hmm. is there ways to s- change your mindset? I, I know individuals who I would say invite stress into their life, <laughs> mm-hmm. and not through lack of sleep or poor eating habits. Mm-hmm. They... And Maybe it's this part of habit that you talked about.
2: Maybe they become comfortable with misery, and so they seek out misery. Well, well, yeah. I mean, look, we we like familiarity. Familiarity is actually more valuable to us than, like, you know, optimal health or a lot of different things. I remember when I first started uh, therapy, um, my life, I, I grew up with a lot of chaos. And so when I started to go to therapy and I moved away and I was in graduate school, my life got really, really calm. I didn't know what to do with that, so I would forget mm-hmm. to pay a bill, and I would forget to hand in <laughs> an assignment, and I would forget to, you know, treat my girlfriend with respect. <laughs> so we'd have For a fight, the, or, or the student who never writes the paper until right, the night before, right? It's exactly, due. and, and yet what they mean? know it causes them stress. Oh yeah, but but there's a there's a little bit of a um, an endorphin or you I'm know sure a rush. pop, yeah. That happens when you actually get through it, when you survive it, right? And it's like, ah, oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I, don't, I don't like this game, but I'm good at it, so uh, let me let me play this game, right? Because I I'm probably I'm, I I, don't, I like the other game better, but I don't know it as well. So let me let me just stick with what I know, mm. right? Um, on the other hand, there is actually healthy stress that we invite into our lives such as looking for a new challenge or learning a new sport or mm-hmm. learning a new new skill in some way because we need to have something uh, to to kind of spark us and that's how we we grow so it's okay for us to invite sort of healthy stresses or healthy challenges into our lives, that actually helps us to be better at handling stress in general. One of the things I, I like to do, you know, in my workshops or when I'm with my clients is talk about ways to not just deal with it and manage it, but also to prevent from it, or better yet, be so resilient that it doesn't matter, right? I mean, best defense is a good offense, mm-hmm. right? Hmm. So one of those things is to practice change now not you don't overwhelm yourself with change little changes like taking a different route home every now and then right um brushing your teeth starting in the opposite corner of your mouth right doing things with the off hand doing little things like that you kind of hear you kind of feel that sense of oh this feels weird right <laughs> but there's no there's no moral judgment to it. It's not right or wrong. It's not, you know, good or bad. It's just different. You get used to differences like that. Then when bigger changes come and we feel those bigger um, stresses or that bigger uh, physiological change, it doesn't seem as big, like a big deal. Okay. But if we go back to the five things I was saying, if you do these things on a regular basis, you're exercising regularly, you're getting good sleep, you're, you know, you're eating well, your mindset's positive and you look, you you accept things as they come because I Acceptance is part of that positive mindset, you know. Why not me as opposed to why me? Uh Um, It's just your life becomes so much more exciting and full that that gives you a buffer. So when stress, you know, other changes come into your life, it's like, okay, I have some room to absorb that now because I have so many other good, positive, nurturing things in my life and I'm so happy and I'm practicing celebration and I got myself hooked up with a good psychologist or whatever... It's it's easy, you know. Yes, a little hookup, you know. Yes, it might knock me down a little bit, but I know I can get back up, just like your story about, you know, I can lose my job, I can do this, you know. I just don't want to lose my lighter, right? Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I don't think we have quite enough time, but I'm going to quickly ask you Mm -hmm. this this question. You talk about, you know, finding someone to talk to and maybe Mm -hmm. going to therapy. I've been to a number of different therapists, and you know, each time is a little weird, Mm a little awkward when Mm -hmm. you're first finding each other out, and I think a lot of people might be slightly fearful. Mm Or worried about what that first meeting is like. So I'm curious to know, uh, from your experience on both sides of it, what people can expect during that first meeting.
2: Right. Well, look, it's just like any other profession. You're going to find people you connect with, and and also you might find people you don't connect with. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. You don't have to stick with somebody just because they're a professional mm-hmm. or they charge you or whatever you you have a right, you're the consumer, you have the right to shop around. One of the things people don't always know is that a lot of times their their benefits cover that yeah. so even though they're paying out of pocket sometimes they get some reimbursement Money back, back yeah. so it's not as huge a risk financially as a lot of people think. But you should definitely feel comfortable with the person, feel welcomed, feel safe with that individual um, th- typically the first meeting is I get to know you, you know, like they'll ask you stuff, you'll mm-hmm. ask them, It's you can ask your psychologist or therapist questions about who they are, what their training is, if they've worked with this sort of thing before. And you probably need to do that even on the phone. You can do that. You don't have to go okay. in to do that. You just have a conversation with them if you can. Most people are open to talking like that on the phone. But for sure, when you go in for the first meeting, you can ask and see if it's a good fit for you. Um, but, but you know, the with me and my folks, uh, my team, it's a really, it's like this conversation right here. This mm-hmm. is, this is what you hear is what you get, basically. We just sit down, we talk about stuff, we I ask you questions, um, you you know, you might ask me questions.
1: Well, I think some people are feel fearful that someone's going to start judge digging, or judge oh, yeah, you, yeah. or start digging at yeah. you right away, and you're not yeah. ready to give Tell up. Tell me what happened with you
2: when you were five, what exactly. did your mom do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, it's not like that. You know, um, good psychologists are not going to jump in like that, because part of the part of what's healthy and helpful and and healing with the whole process is having somebody who knows how to take it slow how to do things in a in a measured way so that things are not going to be overwhelming you shouldn't leave feeling way worse than you did coming Uh in right and anybody who's good at their job is not going to do that to you they're going to want to support you and and take things at your own pace so that you can feel comfortable you've got to feel comfortable before you're going to be opening Uh up to stuff and that might take a few sessions it it
1: might take a few sessions That's mm, that might be it. Sometimes it's longer, sometimes right. it's shorter. It's not a lifetime thing, <laughs> right? not
2: to be. Yeah, not a life sentence. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm in for life. I'm a lifer.
1: Dr. Gans, <laughs> joining us in studio. Dr. Gans, doctor, spelled all the way out. Gans, G-A-N-Z dot com. You can find out uh, all sorts of stuff on his website. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks for having me. Every time, I just love coming here. Okay, well, let's do it sooner than later. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: The 630 CHED Afternoon
1: News with Jaylen
0: Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 CHED.